This episode is sponsored by the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center in Schaumburg, Illinois, offering the most comprehensive and effective family counseling program in the Midwest called Family Synergy Therapy. For more information on how we can help you and your family, look us up online at lighthouseemotionalwellness.com. She's she's not in a box and closed-minded, right? She's really, you know, thinks about things. And, and it was that, I think, that drew me to her. He was a joyful person. And I just simply had been through so much shit that I just, I, I wanted to find somebody that just had joy and was seeking joy. That was very important to me. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Deb and Bob, how are you guys? Doing great. Very good. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Let's start with how old are you guys and what do you do for a living? And maybe something nobody knows about you. So I'm Deb. I'm turning 50 this year in about Less than six months. I don't know. I, I feel I feel good about it. I'm being coy, but I actually feel pretty good about that. Cool. And um, so I'm in marketing. Uh, predominantly do a lot of writing for webinars and um, content creation, sales materials, brochures. Really, the gamut. And how long have you guys been together? We've been together 15 years. Well, married we 15. Married 15. Yeah. Together 16. Seven and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you? Oh, 48, <laughs> technically. I'll be 49 in four days or three days. So I run a sales team for a technology company. Cool. Great. And oh, something yeah. nobody knows about you. I don't know how big of a secret it is. I pride myself on, I, I love history. I, I you know love documentaries, but my guilty pleasure, I've won really cheesy and I don't, I can't define it or explain why. But I have been known to binge watch The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Of New, of New Jersey. Jersey. Oh, that's like, the only one. That's the only one. I don't, I can't explain it. Wow. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And ever, I have to do it in New I, Jersey. I don't even own up to that to my kids. I have to do that in secret because <laughs> I can't even justify. I can't even justify it. That's so, awesome. Anyway. What about you, Bob? The one thing I, I always say that surprises people is uh, I'm a patent holder. Hmm. A patent holder? Yes. A, an invention oh. of a uh, pump charger for a iPhone, I guess, technically. Or but it could phone. be any you know, oh, cool. smartphone. 
but a emergency pump charger. Where so you could a, charge your phone. Right. By, by just mechanical. Pumping. You know, you know, that's awesome because we hike and yeah. we have the solar chargers, but no, at night like that doesn't work. So, so right. it, it, while it's a patent, it's not practical at this point to make. So, you know. Oh, darn. It's still out there. But you another, hold the patent. But I hold, technically hold the patent. Yes. Yeah, so we it had works. a prototype. It worked. Not that efficiently, but, you know. Went to China from yeah. that invention. Some uh, Chinese investor was trying to, you know, see if mm-hmm. it was worth making. Brought us to China, me and my partner at the time. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Maybe one day it comes to fruition, we can have them as a sponsor. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> a word from our sponsor, <laughs> the Pump Charger. By my power. <laughs> That's awesome. So, can you guys tell us the story of how you met? Well, I'll start. You can feel free to chime in. So we get it straight, right? (laughs) (laughs) You guys practice before you get here? No. Well, we were co-workers and I was divorced and he was my buddy Bob and a group of us would go out after work and commiserate about life and work and so forth. And uh, he was going through a rough uh, time in his marriage and just would, you know, bounce things off of, hey, you guys, you know, have you ever encountered this or, you know, about that or, you know, and we would all just kind of sit around and share our relationship stories. So sort of like, like this, like we're doing now is very similar because it was at a bar, right? After work. And so full circle. So I'll talk about specifically when we met, that's the more general story. We were in Indianapolis, right? Meeting uh, for the first time. And I'm thinking, who the heck? What, you know, we're there work, for a conference and then meeting. Mm-hmm. my boss had said, yeah, you have to meet this, uh, you know, uh, young lady. We're thinking of using her for marketing. Okay, fine. You know, she comes in all, you know, bubbly and stuff. And <laughs> where is that? Like the something Mark Hotel. In Adams, Indiana- Mark, Adams Hotel. Mark Hotel in Indianapolis. I remember that specifically. Mm-hmm. So you were interviewing? Is that? Well, no, she had already been promised the job, but I thought, you know, we're interviewing this person, but our oh. boss, he, he already told her she had the job. Yeah. Just tell them, you know. He, he basically said, yeah, you're hired now. Go to this meeting with my people and just sit in and absorb and listen in. And so mm. he did, had no idea why I was there. And I was, it was, was kind of <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. And what was your first impression? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking, you know, who who is this? Who the hell chick? is this? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah. I always right, tell well. him he didn't he he didn't barely notice me at all. It was really <laughs> Yeah, I'm being honest. I mean just yeah, no. you know, I was like and this why, is, why am I meeting with this? And you're married at the time. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah. And how long until you guys start dating? Oh, not two and a half years? Yeah. Something like yeah. What was oh one? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been oh three. And in fact, you know, when he and and so now we're yeah, you know, jumping a bunch of time, but over those years, he had ups and downs with his marriage and again confided in friends and he was my buddy Bob. And I can remember um, Did he ever confide in you like just you? Or yeah. was it in a group? Yeah, once we got to know each other mm-hmm. over the course of time, he would, you know, stop by my office and say Hey, can I ask you something? Bounce something off of me. A lot of advice. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd been there. She'd been divorced. I'd right? been divorced so, right. and I had been through a lot of counseling myself. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm, I'm a big proponent of counseling. So I always encourage people, hey, if you're not seeing a counselor, it's great to talk to a friend. It's great to talk to a buddy. But really, if you can find, you know, a counselor that's, that's good and solid, 
it, it, I went yeah, the inexpensive route. I went to talk to her, right? <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. Do you feel that, that you created an intimacy during that time? Yes. Yes. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, I can remember at one point him telling me that you know, he was just, it was back and forth. Should I stay or should I go? He just was at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I can remember at one point him telling me, I've made the decision. It's really hard, but I'm, I'm staying in this marriage. And I said, well, good for you. Hey, you, you no longer struggle in limbo. It's good to have a path. And now you know what your path is. I can remember him leaving that conversation and keeping to myself. There was a part of me and I was a little bit surprised, like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you, <laughs> Almost you, like you a were kind of let down a little I was, bit. And I was a little really surprised by that, but I, I didn't, I didn't confide didn't that. Okay. No, because no, I didn't want to just because that would have been buddies. Bob, sure. buddies. He was sure. my he was my friend Bob, and I wanted the best for him. You know, after that, I don't know what, how much time several months went by, and then he said, "No, I can't do it anymore." And after he left the relationship, and the first time he asked me out, I I said no. <laughs> what? Why? I said no because I said, you know. She would be known as the you know everyone who other. doesn't oh, know no. us. Yeah. yeah, you know, everyone the one who, who broke up the marriage. Yeah. I mean, that, that, besides that intimate group that would go out with right. us, everyone else would assume. And the fact is, they all probably assumed that anyway, so yeah. it didn't matter. You weren't changing anything yeah. know, by delaying. People were, at the end of the day... What only came, delaying the goodness. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but what it came down to, really, was the people who know us and love us, we're going to respect you know, our decision to mm-hmm. move forward in a relationship. Right. And the people us. who had preconceived ideas and... You know, right. Stuff right. happens. People who've been when you're married a long time, as you guys know and have mm-hmm. heard, I'm sure, you know, life happens. Right. There's no straight line, you know, ups and downs and all over the place. And when you're young, you're more judgmental, I think. Right. You know, and as you get older, you're like, OK, I get it. You don't have to tell me the D. I know. I, know. I get it. So what was going on for you during that time? Honestly, the main thing was a lot of lack of intimacy, you know, that you expect with the marriage and you lose that. I think that's where. You know, we connected in terms of being able to talk to somebody. And yeah. it's not know. all people think intimacy physical, but it no, really it was emotional. emotion. It was really, yeah. you know, and yeah, you need sure. that connection that, you know, even, you know, physically it wasn't all there either. But, you know, it's the whole package. That's what you, I think, as a human, you want. So when you were confiding in her, did you have any feelings for her at that time? I don't recall, Ray. Is this? <laughs> Can I approach the bench? Oh, it's I, am I, I don't recall. No, because so, I mean, obviously, you felt close to enough to of her course. to confide. Yeah, yeah. Your mind her, wanders. Right? You think what could be, and you know what, right. what you hope to be someday. Uh, you know, and I, honestly, I even told my kids. I said, you know, I'd, I'd had many talks picking them up. You know, from my ex's house and stuff, and I was very honest. I said, "Yeah, did I did I like Debbie? Of course I did." You know, mentally in your head, you're, you know, you're when you're checking out, mm-hmm. you know, your 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 mind it goes to what can be, and that was absolutely happening. There's no doubt. Would you say that, you know, because our belief is everything's a fifty fifty, right? The way a couple creates a relationship, so your relationships in a in a place that you two have created that allows this gap for you to seek something somewhere else because you're not getting it from your wife. Yeah. Do you feel like you did your best to try to have that with her? 
I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would bring it up in conversation many times and it would, you know, for whatever reason, wouldn't, she wouldn't want to discuss it. Right. It was a, whether emotional for her or whatever, it was a, you know, point she didn't want to discuss. She didn't want to discuss the issues or problems. Right. And, right. you know, the couple times, you know, that I, I remember bringing it up, it, it didn't go anywhere. You there did was do no, couples counseling. Yeah. But that was after the, right. After you're like, okay, I'm, thinking I'm done. Right. Right. Then by then you're checked out anyway. At that point, you've, you know, tried, have tried. And it's hard to trust that once you've tried that much. Well, that, of course, that's exactly it. Because when, you know, you, when you can't trust that, wait a second, if I invest, because you're investing in that relationship, time, everything. Mm -hmm. And you had how many kids with her? Two. Two. Yeah. So, you know, did I try? I think I, I did. You know, you could you could argue the level of effort, or you know, of anybody. But I, I do recall, you know, really trying to to have a discussion mm-hmm. about the issues, and just didn't go anywhere. Well, and I think what, and without you can chime in, but their expectations of what a marriage is mm-hmm. and should be, they were on two different pages, right? In terms of intimacy, in terms of you know those types of, and I mean, not that they didn't enjoy each other's company, mm-hmm. but it was you know, when it becomes a roommate situation mm-hmm. and, and one person's fine with that. Right. Right. Ray, what is the statistic about sexless marriage? How many times a year before it's called sexless marriage? I think it's like less than four times a year. Yeah. It's, it's a sexless marriage. I think that's like once a quarter, a really. very common thing that we <laughs> see with our couples. Unfortunately, there's a lot of sexless marriages. Out right. There. Yeah. Right. And, you know, what you were talking about there being roommates, we call that parallel lives, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just, you're, you're never intersecting, you know, maybe you're Bumping co-parenting, other, yeah. you know, but when it comes to actual connection, you know, that's kind of, that's, that's absent. Yeah. Cause we got along fine. I would say, right. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, the obvious issue and, you know, yeah. and, and that was the only thing that really caused, you know, the, uh, friction. the friction in the relationship was bringing, you know, issues up. Other than that, everything was great, but it was parallel lives. How, how old were your kids during this time? Four and one, I think. Three and one. Three and, and less than one. And how long did you have that problem before you left? Well, at that time, yeah. that was. Uh, I left right after my youngest at the time turned one. Yeah. And that and, had been going on before the oldest was born. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my so oldest. So before you had kids, it was already going on. Uh, yeah, slightly before, but then, you know, when it was time to have kids, it was no problem. Right. Then, then it's, Oh, you know, let's get busy. Mm-hmm. Right. But then did, after did that, having your first child affect the relationship you guys had? Like we see that a lot where the, the mom starts to devote everything to the kids and not to the relationship. Yeah. She was absolutely like that. Yeah. Uh, I would say. But, you know, in a good way for the kids, bad way for us. Right. right? I mean, that was it was all about the kids and it continued to be all about the kids even after we were divorced. Anytime we'd have an issue, mm-hmm. you know, it'd always be about the kids. And I think that's the one thing we do, which is tough to do, is balance it out with, you know, doing for yourselves as well for the relationship, care and feeding the relationship. As difficult it is, is to mm-hmm. try to go away. I know. like that care and feeding of a relationship. We got to put that in the book. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really great awesome. term. Copyright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't patent that one. Easter <laughs> patent Damn over it. here. <laughs> so, so Deb, how about you? What's going on in your world before you, you guys get together? 
Yeah. So I had been divorced already for almost five years when, when I met Bob. Very different situation. Um, I had been married for five years and tried to have uh, children, had trouble conceiving. It sounds cliche, you know, that I finally get pregnant and he decided to leave. But the irony is, you know, he led me to believe that that's really was still his goal too. And that's what he wanted. But I think just, you know, the years of trying and losing babies and, you know, it just took a toll, took a toll. And I think he just started making other plans. What if my life, how how old were you at this time? I was 30. And how many pregnancies did you lose? Just, well, there was just one, one, but a lot of false alarms and yeah but one one that's a really that's a really big topic we hear too and yeah so painful because you have no control right right exactly I had no control and then for me what uh when I got into therapy heavily because it was it was an abandonment issue for me it was a betrayal my body was betraying me my mm-hmm. husband betrayed me so it was I was like wow <laughs> so so <laughs> you I, get pregnant yeah and what's he doing he has a midlife crisis at age 30 he moves to the city. He starts hanging around with 22-year-olds. He's 30. You know, he gets a whole new wardrobe, a whole new set of friends. And now I'm pregnant in the in the burbs, just what I always wanted to be, a single mom. Did he leave you or was he just doing that and you didn't know? He was starting to do that life and then he and then he left. Okay. Yeah. And you're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So I left Chicago area for a while, moved back to my home state to be around family. And when my daughter was about 18 months, I was kind of a fish out of water. I realized, you know, all of my support system, my friends, not that my family wasn't a support system, but my life that I had known and thought I was going, the trajectory I was on was all happening in Chicago. It wasn't, I hadn't lived at home for, you know, many, many years. So I, I felt like I used to have dreams that I had, like that I was the pregnant teen that got sent back home with her mom, even though I wow. was 30, Wow, you know, yeah, I'm like, how did I get here? Right. You know, so hauled my daughter and I back to Chicago. Um, How old is she at the time? She's almost two. Okay. So you're flying solo. I'm flying solo. Um, My entire paycheck went to rent, daycare. I didn't have a car payment at the time, thank God. Bills. I mean, we're talking no money left over. Yeah. (laughs) I just told my girls about Google all the free stuff you can. You can't believe how much you can do with kids with no money. Right. If you look for it. Yeah. And I really, by the time I met Bob, I was back on my feet. I was like, I was doing it. I'm like, okay, I've got my new plan. I've got my new, you know, I'm on packs. And I was feeling pretty confident, you know, being this single mom, you know, career woman. And and is this when you get the job at his company? <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I get the job. <laughs> he's like yeah who's she yeah. yeah i get the job i had an interviewer first it's not like she was off the job <laughs> right before i interviewed her <laughs> but i'm not but i'm not you know i'm sympathetic to what he's going through and other people who are struggling in marriage are going through divorce. but i'm not looking for you know i'm right. carving my new path mm-hmm. i'm on my which i highly recommend you right. know when you go through a divorce to have a good chunk of time where you stand on your own two feet right get to know yourself really well get that self-care in a really good place. Exactly. Um, maybe love yourself. What a crazy concept. What? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, it, you know, tr- truly, it, yeah. without a doubt, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Well, we tell that to our kids too. I mean, that exact thing. Get to know yourself because 
we both were married at a young age mm-hmm. and, you know, Initially, you don't yeah. know yourself necessarily. Many people don't, let's say it that way, at 23 or four. As you get in your later 20s or even early 30s, mm-hmm. I think, you get to know yourself a little better. There's that. And I was, you know, also thinking too, you know, you, everybody, we're, we're growing or we're dying. Right. right? Absolutely. I think you're quoting me. I think I might be quoting you. I know. Who am I quoting? I looked at him. Copyright. I'm quoting someone. This is the copyright show. (laughs) But, you know, when you're young and, you you know, you're kind of all growing in the same direction. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. I think you get to a point where, or some couples are, they're growing, but the other one not only can't respect that or doesn't, Mm -hmm. doesn't give that other, their partner the space to okay, well, that's you. And it doesn't have to be me. And, and sometimes the relationship isn't even safe enough. Right. 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 So here's a tough question. And you guys might not know the answer. Did you know before you got married the first time that it wasn't meant to be? Yeah. For me, that is not a tough question because I've done a lot of work. on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my whole first marriage, and I tell my daughters this, was me Clearly, I knew in my gut it was not right. I knew in my gut. And I ignored that. I thought other people knew better than I did. I thought my ex knew us and our, and it had, he could have faith for both of us that this was going to be good. In hindsight, he probably didn't have any faith either, but I, I was very, um, I was at a place and I, it's something I've struggled my whole life where everybody, probably knows better than I. And if I listen to enough, enough advice, I can be swayed or I could at the time. Yeah. I think that's a big part of domestication for girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not, I was just learning my own mind at that young age, but I didn't have the conviction to speak my mind mm-hmm. and to really, you know, I slowed down the engagement as much as I could. And I think I had so much self-worth issues that I thought, well, what if this is the only opportunity? What if right, right? What if it's not like there's a line out the door? There's not a line out. Kind of subtle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I didn't go through a lot of relationships as a teenager. I didn't have that, mm-hmm. so you know, I was kind of swept off my feet and thought, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like getting on the roller coaster. Like, all right, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. So absolutely, it. Yeah. How about for you, Beth? Well, for me, no. I, I would say the exact opposite. I, I just think. I don't know any better. You know, you're young, you don't, you, you're just happy, go lucky. You think this is what you do. And I didn't, I didn't have that feeling of, oh, no, 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 um, this, is, this may not be it. I was like, yeah, life, bring it on, get married and have kids. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. You just don't know what you don't know. I think I went into it more, you know, more naive or just looking back where there red flags early on. No, not really. I mean, well, your parents weren't exactly on board. No, they weren't. That's where I say <laughs> not really. I mean, that would be a flag. Right, right now, right that's there. a, a that's a um, flag, an external flag. Sure. Right. But do I think it led to the demise of the marriage? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think there were other issues that you know my ex may have experienced. You know, depression, et cetera, early on that led to that. I mean, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, that was definitely a flag. I don't know if it's red, maybe yellow warning, <laughs> you know, but, but I don't think it yeah, led to. Yeah, there were to, people that weren't happy. We were Yeah, that's married, correct. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or for us too. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember the day when you knew the marriage was over for you? I do. Yeah. 
I remember the place I was at. Target parking lot. What happened? Well, I, I, I'm, I, that's when I remember I was done, checked out, you right. know, finito. Because I was talking to her and, you know, getting a counseling session, <laughs> you know, so I, I can. What was it about that session, I should say? <laughs> well, it wasn't that session. I had been checked out and then I, you know, talked to her uh-huh. to let her know that, you know, I think I'm, because I'd been talking to her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, nope, I'm in it. It was just, you know, after a while, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a grind. I, at the time, my, my ex had said, you know, I think it's time for you to move out because she could tell I was distant and checked out, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a boy, I believe, and she said this. She'd, she'd admit this and uh, admitted at the time that, you know, she, she, it was incorrect of her to do so. I think it was, uh, you know, maybe something somebody had suggested to her to say, hey, you know, this will get him to. It's like a game. Exactly. Yeah. So and I'm like, nope, because uh, I remember call me the next day at work and saying, I think that was not the right decision. And I'm like, no, 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 I think it was right. You know, so it's almost like you needed a little push. Where'd too. you go? I got my own place apartment. Wow. So within, you know, a week, that was a week before Christmas 2002. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was out by the 22nd or 3rd. So that was a pretty... You know, it was a pretty tough time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting when you're working on it for that long of a period of time. Obviously, you're four <laughs> years into I knew I was not happy, right? And then when the moment comes and then you get that emotional distance, it just breaks. And that's how it was. Yeah. It was it definitely, mm-hmm. you know, a break. Yeah. Right? And you're like, no, no, no. So, so you broke that and bonded at the same time, like? Yeah, I, you know, bonding, I would say not at the same time, but it was over time for yeah. sure. Because there was a friendship that was built first, you yeah. know. Yeah, and then we came into this interesting place where, you know, I had had the time. I had had the distance mm-hmm. to rebuild, and, and I wanted that for him. And <laughs> That's why I got the no. Yeah, that's why you got the no on the asking out. And that's why I kept trying to, you know, over time be like, no, hey, why don't you just figure some stuff out? Why don't you just, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, but, you know, too, uh, over the period of months, I came to realize I did have feelings for him. And, you know, you just sit there and you go, okay, well, do you just sit around and watch things play out? Or do you, you know, just move forward? Do you think some of that is being female? Because I know I had a good three years of working on myself before I met Ray. And, you know, I was 30 when I met him and he was 24 and he, nice, two thumbs up. And he'd never lived on his own. You either lived with someone or your parents. Right. And he never had that space. And there was even a time during our dating where you even went to look at condos to try right. to do that. And you never got to do it. But th- that was the plan. But yeah, right. But I think point. it's I think for women, I think because we're so over domesticated to behave and listen to what other people want, that it's really, really important for women to do that. Yeah. And maybe not so much for men. I don't know. Is that true? Or? Oh, I was going to say when when, you know, she was saying space, you, you know, I'm like, I don't need that. We need space. When you got, <laughs> I mean, and, and I didn't I didn't say it because I thought it might sound sexist, but you're saying it. So now mm-hmm. it's OK to say because that's exactly mm-hmm. what I thought. I'm yeah. Like, I don't need well, it's like when I got married the first time. Hey, yeah, time to get married. Let's do it. And well, if you're, we're going to be sexist, yeah. I would say men are just more selfish. So they're doing it all the time. 
Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Where women are giving more all the time and not thinking about themselves. Right. Uh, we may have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, 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 wanted, I think there's some. There is actually a study that, you know, kind of polled men and their relationships over time. And they found that, you know, men's friendships, they diminished over time. And that's because they put all their resources into their spouse, into their marriage. Right. So they would really just kind of, you know, fold into the marriage and their spouse is supposed to become their best friend. You know, sometimes that doesn't happen. But I, I think that men are, are really more designed to do that, really to bond, you know, to, with their spouse. I'd agree with to that cleave. 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to cleave. cleave to your wife. <laughs> well, when you knew oh, that, you know, the marriage was over. You know, for me, it was, it was such a different scenario because, you know, he left the marriage. But I can tell you... It was a, it was also a December time frame for me. I can remember I had done, he w- he was being more and more distant and I had finished a big project at work. It was very high profile, president of the company at the holiday party, shakes my hand, thanks me, showers praise, you know, tells my ex, you know, what a great job I've done. And I don't remember exactly what his response was, but it was so he would, he could have been the copy room guy. I mean, it just was not, it was nothing. It was, it was, it was just nothing. And I, I can remember looking at him like, wow, I just, I feel no connection here. I feel you don't have my back, you know, not that this project was like make or breaking my career, but it was just something really um, special to me. It was so great to get the praise and, and to just, look over and, you know, he was like looking for the cheese platter, you know, I mean, I think there is some form of a bottom line that we learn as kids, you know, and if, if someone doesn't do that thing, you're like, okay, it doesn't matter if you've been cheating on me, Uh if you've been (laughs) nasty, I, I deal with that. But if you don't do this, like for me, it was a birthday gift. Like some, someone gave me a $25 gift certificate to the mall and I'm like, no. You're not, you're not the one long-term, <laughs> yeah. even though everything else, all those big red flags, I couldn't listen to, but that one. Right. You know, I've right. made sure never to give her a gift certificate <laughs> for anything. Built this pub for her, beautiful. <laughs> My goodness. Yes. Oh, he didn't do it alone. No. I, uh, <laughs> Brick by brick, we did it together. That was That's good. awesome. I was, bricking was my most fun thing. Well, yeah. I did all the stained glass, but the brick was really cool. Yeah. Okay, let's get to your guys' first date. You know what was our, technically our first date? Because we had, you know, hung out so much and I, I can't really, is it the dinner at the mall? Was it the shopping thing? That or the movies, which was it? <laughs> it was the, it was shopping. Yeah. I think it was shopping at the yeah. mall. Yeah. In the wintertime. Yeah. So. Where was that? That was. Um, yeah. North Shore. Yeah. Old Orchard. Old Orchard. Thank you. Yeah. So this is, th- you guys are not buddies at this time. Well, this is kind of the turning point, I think. Yeah. Most buddies. Well, I think our. Kiss each other. That, <laughs> wait, that was our first kiss. I mean. That was our first kiss. Yeah. yeah. But you guys knew it was headed there when you, that day. I. Oh, sure. I think so. I did. No. I think so. Maybe I was overconfident. I don't know. (laughs) And what was it about the other person that you fell in love with? God, I don't know. So many things, for sure. I mean, she was just, you know, cute and bubbly and, you know, 
full of life. It was awesome. She was, you know, I, I love, I love the fact that she was Catholic or just at least believed in a higher power. You know, we'd had many conversations about, you know, crazy things like, is there, you know, alien life out there and things like that. You remember that California? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, going back and thinking just, you know, she's, she's not in a box and closed minded, right? She's really, you know, thinks about things. And, and it was that, I think that drew me to her kind of, you know, willing to, you know, think outside the box and, you know, not in a closed way. And bringing it back to what I said earlier, being not threatened when someone evolves, I no longer consider myself Catholic. You know, it's part mm-hmm. of my heritage, but my spiritual journey has moved on further. And, you know, that's actually freaked him out a little bit, yet he's respected it. And so anyway, just a side note to well, I tease her a little bit, but yeah, that's, that. it is, uh, yeah. Says now I practice voodoo, but that's not, <laughs> no, but. No, so, and I believe that's but, how no, the afterlife I, is, by the way. But you I know, think but, getting back like to what voodoo? you're saying. I, no, not no, voodoo. No. <laughs> the, no. What she, what she thinks. No, but just bringing it all together. You know, I, I was a very spiritual person, even though I had a, you know, I was I, an organized religion at, at the time. That I yeah, was it wasn't necessarily was, the religion piece. It was the spirituality Why was piece. that important to you? I don't know. It was, you know, my ex wasn't grounded like that at the time. Didn't have that. But yet my family, we grew up relatively religious, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Greek Orthodox, perhaps the tradition, right? Um, she, my ex grew up, you know, she was Jewish. So that was part of the, you know, the rift at the time, you know, with my parents. But, uh, you know, they came to befriend her and like her and all those good things. You know, I think that was probably one of the contributing factors mm-hmm. of that, you know, kind of like, I really like that about her, different than what I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, where I was at at the time, and I mean, it's still whole true today. It was just, I, he talked about the whole package. You know, we knew each other professionally, so we had respect on that level. But then you also get to know someone personally and how, you know, he's a good dad. He's a caring dad. I mean, the, his biggest struggle with leaving his marriage was how is this going to affect my kids? I don't think I can do this because I'm going to put them on a trajectory for the rest of their lives. And that, so he really cared. He really gave it a lot of time and thought and energy. And, um, but at the same time, he's going through all these struggles. He was a joyful person. And I just simply had been through so much shit (laughs) that I just, I, I wanted to find somebody that just had joy and was seeking joy. That was very important to me, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, it didn't have to be anything big, you know, any grand gestures, just someone who can enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. And laugh. Yeah. So how long do you guys date before you get engaged? Almost, it's almost like, a year. It's like a test. Almost a year. No, right. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's you know? been 15 years. I think like almost a year. February, March time frame. So we got engaged January 24th, I believe, or 5th. Did you guys live together before you got married? What was the decision about that? I don't think it was a decision. I don't think there was a, um, you know, kind of an overt thought of we are not going to, you know, because we, of course, stay over and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it was just a matter of convenience because he had a place. An apartment, then I bought a townhome. He had bought a townhome. Six months in an apartment, then I bought a townhome. That worked out because then we did an addition to the house she had bought. It was a two bedroom. And I, my house that I was living in with my daughter, it was just a two bedroom little ranch. ranch. So great neighborhood. Yeah. But we just didn't, I, I just think 
we had, he had just settled into a new routine, you know, with his kids and uh, the kids were little. I think we just, yeah, we just decided. How did you guys meet each other's kids? Birthday, right? Did we bring them together? Well, they had met, ironically, the two oldest had come to the office for office party. You know, we, mm-hmm. it was a kind yeah. of office where you could bring your kids a lot. And not like they knew each other. I mean, they would never remember it, but because they right. were just three or something, like two or three. Yeah. So they had actually met at office stuff. And then, and then you were. Was it Indiana? Did we go to Indiana? No, your mom had a birthday party. That's right. For Jenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I brought Zoe to the birthday party. Did did you guys plan that? Like having the kids meet at the office stuff so it's like more neutral? No. No, that happened before before they were dating. Just before before we were even dating. Because my, at the time, my oldest was three and a half. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they had, uh, my stepdaughter, who was the same age, basically, but two months Mm -hmm. younger, um, they had met each other technically before. And we actually went to like a Disney on Ice thing too. You yeah. know, that, you know, we got tickets from the office. Right. So they had been, they had seen each other a couple of times, but it wouldn't, again, would never remember. But yeah, I think the party, we had talked about it and said, does this, this make sense? Is it okay? We both felt comfortable with it. Yeah. And it was around family, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that age of kids don't know. Yeah. It's right, pretty young. Right? Yeah. yeah. And they grew up together like that. So it was yeah very natural. You know, mm-hmm. for them. Our youngest, I mean, his youngest, my stepdaughter, she she really doesn't remember anything differently. Right. So. So she's like two by the time yeah. you guys are married. Even, yeah. Even our old, my oldest didn't Three. doesn't remember mm-hmm. really. So. Hey, your roles at the office, did they interact with each other? Like yeah. Did, mm-hmm. Sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you guys didn't have any authority over each other? No. Yeah, no. Okay. And that's, okay. that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have worked out. So how did your relationship develop in the office? And how did people kind of react? <laughs> we tried to keep it secret for sure. We okay. did. Yeah. yeah. Then my ex, you know, showed up at the office and outed us when we went yeah. to Hawaii. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that was done purposely. But right. Whatever. She was hurt. I'm, you know, I get it. But yeah. So the office romance was uh, revealed. Yes. yes. And there was another one going on at the time, and they were able to keep their secret. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Not us, though. Right. And then, tr- truthfully, not too much. He didn't stay working there too much longer after we were dating because there, there were other things going on, the company, and he was looking to leave. And so, yeah. yeah. Two eggs, same basket. That's yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did, did things change after that, after you guys were outed? Did coworkers no, no. I mean, interact with you differently? Not at all. No. 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 We were both well-liked. Yeah. So, and, and again, I think because people knew him and they, they were familiar with his situation. They, they knew me. There was no, no, no one, drama. No drama. Yeah. So it really. It was did. more like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew. I thought mm-hmm. I saw something. Mm-hmm. So how'd you guys get engaged? <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah, so I told her that I had a work trip in Arizona. Asked me to come along. Yep, asked her to come along. She's like, okay, fine. You know, it was uh, midweek. It had to be midweek, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be a, a work trip. trip right. <laughs> and, leave uh, on a Tuesday or exactly, something. Exactly, exactly. So I had it all planned. We did it, had a room at the Four Seasons in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And I'll br- I bring that up for a specific reason mm-hmm. for later. I had like rose petals and all that in the room and, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, really you know, romantic. brought her to, to, we get to the hotel, we walk in and I turn around and tell her, oh, this isn't a, a work trip. It's a, will you marry me trip? So, you know, and she was oh. 
surprised. <laughs> I love yeah. that line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good line. So, yeah. so right in the lobby. No, no was, we, in we, the room. We've been taken in the to room. our room. Oh, yeah, they it. brought okay. it, you know, bring the luggage and all. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, they uh, took us to the room, and he had called ahead and had them put, you know, rose petals, like like you see in the movies. I mean, I've never had any like that's just. And like, you were totally surprised. Totally surprised. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. the, and the reason I say, you know, the point that is in Scottsdale is important is because that's kind of like the connection that brought us back to Arizona over and over. And, you know, we yeah. that's a place we want to retire someday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we yeah. go many times per year. And, yeah. you know, I think like that's special, part of the connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Special tradition. It's tradition. Yeah. It's it's a it for us. It marks our place in the world physically where we hit the reset button mm -hmm. and said, yes, this is. So you walk into the hotel room. Oh, yeah. He says, this well, isn't I, a work trip. This is a will you marry me trip. Yeah. Well, then and, I, and, then, and then the ring came out, right? At that point? Sure, it came out. And I mean. It blinded her. It okay, blinded me. <laughs> it, I mean. Awesome. Very sparkly. Very, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty low key. You know, I don't wear a lot of jewelry. I'm not a big bling person. So <laughs> I'm like, my head was spinning and see this gorgeous ring. And so. It was really. Do you get down on one knee? I think I did. Yes, I believe I did. It became like a dream sequence. I can for me. see it, but I, I that you know, you asked me, I think I did because I'm a bellboy. Like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> I, I got to get out of here. Like, uh, <laughs> I think he backed out of the room. Well, he left because I mean, I you didn't notice the rose petals. I don't think on the bed and stuff like that because they did. I called ahead and they mm -hmm. did it all right. They put well, and the one other little yes. little touch, but it was you know, it's about paying attention to just the little things and it can really, I love raspberries. I just, that's and raspberries and chocolate are like my, like there's no better combination for me in the world. That's my <laughs> aphrodisiac really. And so there was just a little cup of raspberries and some chocolate on the table oh. with the, with the flowers. And I mean, just, you know, yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was really. I tried to listen. Did, did you guys you listen um, very well <laughs> did you ask her family at all did you do any of that stuff no no at this point you yeah. know she's divorced once already yeah. we, you know she's like on her own at this point right yeah had had we been 25 or so maybe and my parents didn't live in yeah. chicago area it's not like he could have just dropped by and you know chatted with them i didn't ask, ask with my ex either so you know yeah and the kids weren't really old enough to have to consider that no, no, mm -mm. no, nope. nope. But when we did marry, fast forwarding a little bit on the wedding invitation, um, I made sure that I had all the, the girls' names on there as well, that we invite you to cool. this marriage, to this celebration of marriage. That's cool. That's yeah. wonderful. The blended family invitation. Almost. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. We did a little commitment ceremony during ours with Alex yeah, like, Ted at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. So how did you know that was the day that you were ready to propose? That day was just, you know, convenient. <laughs> it was convenient? Because I picked it, you know. <laughs> I wanted to be, uh, I or, wanted to continue my life. So that wasn't, you know, I guess you're thinking, you're saying just the timing in general. Yeah, right, right. right. You know, it's it's like you you hit the reset button. And again, being a guy, you're like, okay. How'd you, get, how'd you pick the ring? So. Again, listening, right? <laughs> try to try to you know think about what's important to her. She really liked older things and antiquities. Uh, yeah, so I, so I tried to find a ring, 
you know, that had that look and feel to yeah. it. And it took her a while to actually, you know, she, like she said, it it was almost too flashy for her, you yeah. know, cause I, if she looked at it and I could tell, I mean, the first like few weeks or month or so it was just almost too much for her. And it's not, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like it's that big a ring. Right. But it's just, <laughs> but, but in, by comparison, my wedding band is, yeah. is an antique. It's an antique. Oh, cool. Wedding. It's so thin. In fact, I'm worried someday it's, I, I might have to get a ring. We looked at, we looked at antique stores for our right, wedding rings. Right. We just didn't find any, but yeah. that's cool. But that's what I, I mean. I tried, I, you know, I toyed with the idea of asking her, you know, to, but that's kind of figure what the heck it's at least she can say, well, my, my husband bought it for me. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you know her ring size? I don't did recall you know? if I tried to, to measure anything. You might have I think I did. <laughs> I might have. When I was sleeping. Maybe. Yeah. That's a long time ago now, but yeah, I, I think I guessed, you know, and it was, a a, was it, was it too big or at the time? It was slightly too big. And of yeah. course, now, all these years later, it's very tight. <laughs> I had the same it's thing. Perfect. It's what a happy thing. I think that just happens. <laughs> now I couldn't get it off if I wanted We it. grow into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a tree and it just develops. Wait, you eat more when you're happy, right? This That's true. Oh, there this you go. Is true. There you go. Happily married couples tend to be yeah, larger. happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's some science. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loses weight when they go through divorce. <laughs> That's true too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys get married. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was it like the, the big Greek wedding? Greek, Greek, Greek wedding. wedding. It, yes. was, it was skinny down big. a little bit. Yeah, it, was it was skinny down. Small by it was. Greek standards. But we did get married in the Greek Orthodox Church. She's at the time Catholic, right? So I've had to have gotten an annulment. Right. Mm -hmm. So we go, you know, I say, hey, I wasn't. my parents would be really happy if we got married in the Greek Orthodox Church. I wasn't married in the Greek Orthodox Church the first time around. So that would be kind of cool. And I don't think they'll care. We meet with the priest. What do you say? The Greek priest. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you know, I was married before, you know, I was married in the Catholic Church. I never got an annulment. I really don't care to get go through that process. He said, well, you weren't married in my church, so I don't doesn't matter. Cool. To me. I'm like, okay, the great. The Greeks want to stick it to the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> Work to your advantage that time. Right? Fine by me. Let's do it. And because to his point about tradition and it actually for my Catholic family, it was quite easy for them to follow along. The, the priest was great. He spoke both Greek and English and explained the significance of things that he, the ceremony and, and so that was, that was really, really yeah, cool. It was good. It was familiar for them, I think. And yeah. So. And they appreciated the Explanation and the tradition. Yeah. yeah. I did too. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I understand it a little bit, not the, you know, the bigger words are harder to understand, yeah. but so it was good for, I think everybody. Yeah. So you had mentioned that some family members were not okay with you guys getting married. Not with us. No. Oh, no, that was you my guys first, were first, the first marriage. marriage. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So after you guys get married, what are some of the challenges you guys ran into? <laughs> We had no problems. It was Nobody smooth was perfect. sailing. Oh my God. <laughs> who's who's living in your house and how are people coming and going? Ones that don't live there. Well, initially we, so what we had decided to do, we loved my neighborhood. We loved, you know, and it was a ranch. So we decided we were going to build a second story onto that ranch. So we move into his condo during that construction. construction. Mm. And I always tell him that that first six months while that was happening, it was also new. It was like, you know, it was like, ah, oh, you know, you just got that adrenaline going and you're building 
the nest and literally and and Zoe's there full time. Yeah, Zoe's there full time. Jen and Becca come back and forth, you know, every other mm-hmm. weekend during the week. Visiting, right? But it was, you know, it was not easy. Obviously, he's still pretty fairly newly divorced. His ex isn't, you know, fully supportive of. She's not letting go. Nope. <laughs> so a lot of, you know, struggles with, you know, getting extra time with the kids. You know, it would be sometimes it would be no problem. Other times, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, uh, she'd feel, you know, like she wanted to control it and say, nope, you know, it's not going to happen. It, uh, yeah. It was just basically someone coming from a place of a lot of pain and hurt and yeah. maybe embarrassment. I mean, I don't know all the emotions, but very emotional and and really wanting to cause classic wanting to cause other people pain because you're in pain and you know if i'm not happy you all shouldn't be happy yeah so yeah we had to go to court for extra time with the kids literally to get an extra day every other week and some extra time here and there you know was a pretty big effort to do that but being that we wanted the kids to be as together as much as possible and feel normal right have meals together, be together, do things together. That was super important. That's the thing I think that kept, that was the kernel or the core piece for us. We both shared this vision of what we wanted our family to look like and to be. Mm -hmm. And it was very realistic. It was, you know, I had watched friends of mine who grew up with stepbrothers and sisters and, you know, call them sister, call them brother. Well, they're my stepbrother, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we never, while we encouraged them to, behave like siblings. It was never, you know, forced, like call her sister, call him daddy. You know, never did any of that. Mm -hmm. But yet we were very clear on the, the family that we were unit that we were building. And it was really a priority for us. Did having a child together solidify your family? Oh, for yeah. sure. That was that we always call him the, the glue. The glue. <laughs> what a good little accident he turned out. But he didn't come till three years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah, we had the same, you know, trying, because you know, we said we wanted to try to have a child together. And and I had had fertility issues, obviously, in the past. Just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And, and we were happened. like, okay, it's not meant to be, you know. And then it was. And then it was. What a surprise that was. <laughs> so, again, this is going to be a tough question. Do you think your kids would have been better off if you stuck it out in your marriages? Obviously, you didn't get a choice, but, you know, I think that's what people do when they're married and they're unhappily married and they think, I'm going to stay for the kids. Do you think your kids are better off because you divorced or they would have been better off if you stayed married? Well, I can tell you my feeling on that. That's the main reason that I didn't stay in because I had seen other people who stayed because of the kids and didn't go any better. So, you know, you can, you can say, oh, I'm going to stay, you know, and I'm going to take it on the chin, you know, for years and years and years. And, you know, the kids aren't going to notice that you're in a, essentially a loveless marriage, right? They notice. They do. They do. Right. So, and that, you know, at that age, I kind of, that was my, my fear. Right. So I said, no, I'm going to do, what I think is the right thing and make me happy so that they in turn will see a happy person, right? Not somebody who's depressed. And and I honestly don't think in the long run they, they, yeah, maybe they would have felt like I was part of a more traditional family, but would that have made them happier? Uh, you know, you'll never know for sure, but I don't think so. Yeah. And, and growing up Catholic and I, 
grew up in a community that very much, you know, even in the 21st century divorce, not a popular thing to do, right? You, you've made a bond, you made a sacramental bond with God that you don't break. And yet I watched over the years, you know, it comes down to if you're sticking it out for the kids and you're going through the motions, what are you teaching them marriage is? What is that really what you want to teach your kids marriage is? Mom and dad don't show affection. They act like roommates. They don't, you know, it. I didn't want that definition of marriage for my kids. So do you feel that you guys were able to create something that they could now model that is much healthier? Yeah. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. But man, is it, you know, but it, but at least it's real. Yeah. yeah. It's a real relationship. And we, I but, think we're pretty honest with the kids when we, when we talk to them about stuff, right? We, you know. Well, yeah, it is. And it's about, it's like, you know, the whole, do you fight? I'm sure you've a thousand and one, two thousand and one times you've talked with couples right. about that. Yeah. You show them that you fight and more importantly, you show them how you make up. And how you come back together after that fight and get through the next day and week and month and year. And, you know. You don't actually show them. You tell them, <laughs> you tell them that you've repaired you everything. Watch, right? They watch yeah. it. They, they, but they, yeah, but they feel it. You know, it's in the I was sure. referring to making yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's oh, sorry. To. sorry. <laughs> I that's where that. guys' minds go. I missed that entirely. <laughs> I knew what yeah. he was talking about. Okay. I knew he, yes, yes. <laughs> I missed it too. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking conversation. Right. <laughs> Conflict resolution. But, but, you know, to your point that repair attempts and repairing, you know, that conflict is very important for the kids to be able to see yeah. so that they know that conflict actually is part of being in a committed, healthy relationship. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're in trouble. No, no. Well, sometimes you are in trouble. Right. And then you rectify it. Right? <laughs> and you know what? You can explain to them. You sit them down. You yeah. say, hey, here's why we were disagreeing or whatever. And here's what... You know, and this is what happens in a real relationship. Exactly. I mean, Jimmy said to me not that long ago, it was after some argument we had and I was driving him to school and he goes, so, you know, if you're mad at him, like, why'd you even marry him? You know, because he's, you know, he's 11. It's like, well, you know, and love in 11, you know, when you're 11, you, you break up, you know, it's just, you move Yeah. And I think the world for an 11 year old has a lot of throwaway stuff. Yeah. Not, not like it was, you know. 50 years ago when we were kids. <laughs> right. You know. Right. And so I was like, wow, okay. Teachable moment here. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In what way is your guys' relationship similar or different than your parents? I will say, not to knock my parents, but, you know. And your parents have a unique. They do. And that's so, so it's easy for me to say, you know, we wanted to be together. Not that they didn't want to, because they, they absolutely had a choice. It wasn't one where you have no choice. But because they they, were arranged, they were as an arranged marriage, you know, it was they were kind of pushed together. Right. Not of their own doing necessarily. And uh, so for us, it's, you know, definitely a wanting to be together. Now, of course, over time, they want to be together. My parents, that is. But that's what I would say, you know, for sure. That's the thing that sticks out the most. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're talking about a traditional Greek marriage where families kind of get together and arrange you know, that they're going to meet and, and that they're going to be exactly right. joining families. That's together, exactly right? right. So, yeah, that was very common, you know, right. uh, it, it, back in, you know, they were, you know, married in the 60s, 69. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that time it was very common to, to you know, uh, try to marry off 
your children, especially the daughters, right? I mean, that was uh, in the old country, quote unquote. Right. That's a very common occurrence. You know, my, my aunt, my mother's sister, younger sister, actually, uh, you know, said years, uh, years later, you know, to, to us, you know, nephews and nieces that she, she was there at 12 or, or 13. She was watching my mom get, quote, unquote, married off. She's like, that's not going to be me, you know. <laughs> And yeah. she, it wasn't. She ran yeah. away and, you know, we came to the U.S. and all that. But, yeah, it's it's the, you know, knowing that in the back of your head that, you know, my parents, that's how they got together and they're still together. And, you know, it's, a, it's a, you know, something you put effort in, mm-hmm. right? The care and feeding. Did you see yeah. them fight? My parents? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They fought all the time. My dad left my mom in, on the road in, uh, where were we, in uh, South Dakota. I joke about it to this day. You know, we're like, what? Why are you leaving mom? <laughs> you know, he drove pissed, away. pissed at her. I'm sure I know that feeling. I would have drove away for a day, you know. But you know, when you're married, you know that feeling. At the time when you're 10, you don't know that feeling. Like, that's my mom. And, you know, he drove like 100 feet, right? But after in the car for 12 hours, right? She was probably like, fine, I'll walk. That should, that should be what all engaged people do. Go on a car trip together. Oh, country. that'll do it. That'll do right. it. Let me tell you, a convertible makes it easier. So now, wait a minute. Let's go back to the original question. <laughs> what was the original question? Your marriage, like or similar, similar or, or different? Different. Different. Yeah, different. Very different. I choose B. Yeah. <laughs> it's not similar at all. For me, my parents, was that was not an arranged marriage. And my parents are, are were, my father's past, much older than Bob's parents. In fact, ironically speaking, Bob's parents, Bob's mom is the same age as my older sister. Wow. Yeah. How many kids in your family? I am the youngest of six. Mm-hmm. Big Catholic family. So she started having babies at 23 and ended at 43. But one thing I will say similarly, you know, tradition, important. Kids, important. But my parents did make time for each other. They they went bowling together. They didn't call them date nights mm-hmm. back then, but right. they had activities they did. They took square dancing lessons. You know, of course, I was embarrassed as a kid. I admit that my parents take square dancing lessons. She had the dress. Oh, that's awesome. I love the, that. He yeah. had the tie, you know. I was. Jean still wants to do that. I do. I've been looking for a place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. So they invested like, in their relationship. They inv- even after six kids, mm-hmm. they took the time and invested in the relationship. Is that similar or different than you guys? I think that's similar. Yeah. 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 Sorry if I didn't make that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, we do. We carve out the time, maybe not as frequently as we'd like, but mm-hmm. we do. Um, make you, you have to, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you want it to be successful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you guys think of a time when your partner said something to you that was a really life-changing thing I can't think of, you know, I'm sure I, the phrase, but I, I just know we went through a period of time, uh, you know, I had a lot of trust issues, mm-hmm. you know, sure. obviously my background right. and, you know, irrational fears and jealousies and so forth. And it was a period of many conversations, I don't, not just one of his reassurance, you know, that I was not going to be abandoned. Mm-hmm. That, That's huge. Yeah. How long did it take you to feel safe? Years. Yeah. <laughs> Year. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, there was. I don't think that's an uncommon story. Yeah. I, and I think that is 
if we're going to be sexist again, <laughs> kind of a pathway, but we are designed to be bonded to each other. And it's, yeah. it's tough when you have that broken. Right. Right. I had, I mean, even prior to my marriage, just going back to familial ties and so forth, I just, it was, became clear to me. I had a long history of fear of abandonment Yeah, and you're in this world on your own kid. Good luck. You know, <laughs> and that's the only place you ever feel safe. And then to open your heart to someone. Yeah. And to try to let them in again. And it's messy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Good job, Bob. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's, I think that's a great thing to do for someone and especially for a man to do for a woman to help her feel safe in this world. That's well, awesome. Yeah. I mean, for her, I, she, she struggles with that, you know, self worth and am I worthy, you know, you know, always reassure her. Recovering Catholic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's in everything, right. You know, in work in personal life. And I, I'm like, why don't, why isn't your default mode that, you know, you are worthy, yeah. right. It's, it's, and it's, I get it. I, I mean, being married to her for 15 years plus now it's, it's, you know, it's something I accept that that is not her default mode that, and I try to reassure her all the time that, you know, you are really good at what you do. You are a great wife. You know, you do, she's, she is more than worthy. Right. And I think it's hard as she struggles with that. Right. So, well, you know, with your past, the way you guys met, you had created a very independent life. Right. You know, before your relationship started together. And so even if a couple doesn't create, you know, a, a codependency, they have to develop a healthy version of interdependence, right? Where you are relying on your partner in certain ways. And that can be a very scary thing, especially if you had created that, that life where you didn't have to count on anyone, right. just counted on yourself. Right. I right. had just figured all that out and was, you know, on that path when... Right this happened. Well, law of attraction, right? <laughs> and what you attracted before uh -huh. and what you can attract when you work on yourself. Absolutely. And you were doing your own work. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go the easy route on the answer to that original question. It was, you know, when she called me and told me she was pregnant with our son, that was not like a, you know, big watershed moment. Like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're now we're going to be married forever. But it was kind of eye-opening. And it, honestly, it was my ex who said something about, oh, yeah, you're, you're in this thing now, right? Because you, you just had a kid. And, but you think about it, though, and really it was like solidifying the marriage. It was life-changing, mm -hmm. you know, to hear that and to say it's not so easy. Because when, you know, if you think about it analytically, I think like maybe many guys do, like, oh, I could, you know, do the calculus in my head without a kid. You can walk away a lot easier, right? Break the tie, it's done. But, you know, with a child, it is, it solidifies the union, right? And I wasn't in that, that kind of frame of mind, but I'm saying, you know, that really brought us to a different level. Well, yeah, you had his and hers before, and now you had his, hers, right? and ours. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. And the complexity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His, yeah. hers, and ours. Maybe a great lines maybe that's the title of their today. podcast. I don't know. Well, it's true. We we joke, you know, he's the glue, but it really, it, someone else said to me when I told them I was pregnant, they said, you know, and it was a very spiritual friend. She said, how, what affirmation, you know, that, because she knew it had been three years. Right. No birth control, three yeah. years. You yeah. figure that's okay. It's not. Not happening. Not happening. Right. 
and how, you know, you know, what affirmation from, from God, um, from spirit that, you know, do you feel that your body has a wisdom that it grew into, okay, I can create this life now because I'm in a better place. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's such an important thing. And I think if you're talking about sexless marriages, I think that's kind of what happens is that a woman's body starts to shut down if her heart starts to shut down. And initially I think we have sex because we don't want him to cheat or we don't want him to feel like, you know, unimportant because I think that's a really validating thing for men. But then it drains us so much that we go, well, we're not feeding this relationship. So my body can't do that anymore. And then, you know, you talk about working through feeling safe with someone. Yeah. And then your body suddenly goes, okay, ready. Right. And I can remember too, you know, it was such a poignant time when we found out and uh, as we were planning a trip to Greece, oh, that's not going to (laughs) happen. We have other plans for the summer. (laughs) But I, I just, I can remember, I won't say euphoric, but I remember just feeling like, you know what things are clicking this, yeah this is this is meant to be this synergy is synergy good good one Jean. Mm-hmm. hold on can i do it yeah <laughs> every, is this new every time we use yeah. the word synergy yeah, we ring it. the bell okay <laughs> great i love it <laughs> no but it's true you know i whatever you and i'm sure we've talked about this before i'm sure you know when all the bells and whistles when everything's clicking, you know it, your body even tells you. And and, and the opposite of that, right, is when, when we are fear-based decisions Mm -hmm. and you're in knots yeah, and you, you know, right. You're just trying to, you're trying to use your mental wisdom, but your body's telling you, stop, Mm -hmm. bad decision. We've run into that many times, right? Couples that we're working with, they can't have kids that are trying really hard and, you know, they have that distrust Mm -hmm. in their relationship, disconnect. And then when they start repairing that, Oh, all of a sudden they get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a little health journey. Yeah, I did. Cancer, Mm -hmm. breast cancer. Yes. Yeah. How'd you guys get through that? You know, fortunately, uh, my breast cancer, breast cancer is predominant in my family. It's in my family. It's not what woman has it. It's who, who doesn't have breast cancer is the minority Mm -hmm. in my family. Uh, Fortunately for me, we caught it early early detection. Um, I did a lumpectomy and radiation. I didn't have to do a mastectomy or chemo. So that's a long-winded way of saying in my mind, pragmatic mind, it wasn't as tough of a journey, not going through chemo, not going through major surgery. You know, it was an emotional time, but it wasn't, I don't know. We didn't really. I felt like she had it, you know, under control. Like it was, she was and honestly, I think you would have, even if it was a, a much, you know, call it a worse stage diagnosis, she was, I guess, uh, what's the word? You felt comfortable, not comfortable, but, you know, you kind of were confident. confident that she knew, you know, what she had to do and go through regardless of what the outcome was. Now, again, it was yeah. early stage, which was great. So it gave me confidence to feel like she had confidence. She wasn't scared. She was actually very confident about, you know, how she was going to get through it. And that's a good point. I never asked you, were you scared? I wasn't that scared. I was a little bit scared because, you know, we were waiting to hear, was it in her lymph nodes? And then a little bit in her lymph nodes, but they didn't count that because it was just like 
trace. So that's the only time I was a little bit nervous. Was there a car involved in this? <laughs> that was his scare, his health scare. Okay. My health scare? Yes. Oh. That was his. I was just remembering the car. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah. So fast forward a couple of years later, you had colon cancer scare, right? Yeah, scare, but it was, yeah, it was not cancerous. Yeah. But it was still a pretty big surgery. And then, Oh, that was, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he went out the night before and bought a car. Oh. Because as we all do, oh. usually... Right before a surgery. It's coincidental. There was, (laughs) I had a car that had thousands of dollars worth of repairs that were going to probably eventually need to be made. And I thought, you know, let's, let's get rid of this car and get another one traded in. Surgery. Yeah. Not not related at all. I don't think so. (laughs) No. What kind of car was it? It was a Mercedes R350. Oh, that's not related, <laughs> not related. at all. So that had a ton of damage. It was not a damage, Subaru. <laughs> it was a beater. <laughs> Just had to have it. And I, it was not, not, I mean, it was an okay car. You know, you think Mercedes, oh, things built like a truck, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not going to, nothing's going to happen to it. You're not going to convince him that this was weird in any way. <laughs> they gave me the, the diagnosis of the car and it was not good. Good. So I'm like, I'm trading this thing in. Yeah. And yeah. sure, it had the added benefit of keeping your mind off of things, you know. Yes. So. It's the happy coping skill. Figured she needed a new yeah. car if anything happened to me. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> oh, see. It's it was all for me. She could remember me by it. <laughs> so how many years into the marriage, you know, did you guys have this scare? My the diagnosis, case. yeah. Um, that was 2013, so. That was in 2013, yeah, okay. Yeah. And my, so me, that was, was what, good. just 10 years into it? 10 years into it. 10 years into it. So did you guys talk about it? I mean, I know you just asked him now if he was scared, but. Well, she, she I'll say this. She had built, or a family member had built like a cancer family tree of everybody in the family who had cancer, what type of cancer. I know because I put it on to like a, like a flow chart or whatever, right? A little, uh family cancer tree. PowerPoint. Uh, Yeah. And uh, like an org chart, if you will, of her family and all the various cancers. And, you know, it's sobering when you see that. Right. But but having done that before she had her diagnosis, right. You know, you're kind of like, you get it, you understand. So when she got the news, it wasn't that surprising, I guess. Because it wasn't shock. It wasn't a shock. It wasn't shock. Just knowing the family history. Yeah. Right. Um, And I think, Again, I was pretty, you know, that not that you know everything, but I, I was pretty tuned in to what my relatives had gone through and what my what my odds were with this level. I mean, it was like stage one. It was so, and I was, you know, I was prepared. I'm still prepared. I, you know, I, I said to him, there, you know, I get checked regularly. I I told him if it comes back, then I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a mastectomy and we'll take care of it. We'll go from there. Um, so there's no guarantee that I'm, you know, I'm healthy right now, but there's no guarantee that it won't return. And I have had relatives who have had reoccurrences. I have a cousin my age, 50 years old, who is stage four and has been stage four for miraculously eight years. Well, so while you're going through it, she's also mm-hmm. going through it at that level. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, <laughs> is kind of goofy to tie back in, but the not worthy, like in my family, my, 
I didn't feel worthy to complain about my cancer because it wasn't right. <laughs> it really wasn't that big. It wasn't you know? a higher stage. It, it wasn't, wasn't a higher yeah. stage, and it wasn't what Jennifer went through or what Sally went through or what you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not going to complain about it. So, <laughs> just you know. So, do you find that the the scares that kind of both of you went through has that impacted your relationship in a you know in any way? Do you buy cars every week or something like that? I mean, we do every every time. I have a health scare. Yes, buy a car. I never put the two together. No, I, you know when I went through mine, and you know I was in the hospital for for one of them, and I it's the first time I really saw her worried. I you was know. worried, but he oh. really did have a situation where, you know, they always tell you after a surgery, well, if you have bleeding, you know, contact. He did. He had complications. He had, we had to take him back to the hospital and he was bleeding and literally, um, they admit him to a room and, and he kind of got, he went kind of gray that the, the, pad, the paddles, were... the paddles came in the room. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. They didn't paddle yeah. me, but I they had didn't paddle him. But when I, when you see a room full of, that was like a watershed moment for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not something that was on my radar, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, so you do, you, you, you sit back and you go, okay, we're, we're in the process and we're so focused on building this life together and, and blending this family. And yet there's no guarantees and we're not here forever. And so well, what I if? Cherish did, every moment. Right. Did you do the uh, hypnosis script for pre-surgery that I created? Sorry, well, you know, know. Next I didn't time. know about it. <laughs> next time. I didn't know about it. That'll be on our YouTube channel. Will be that it, that's our most often listened to one, and yeah. it's really amazing because when you go through surgery, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a trauma or something beneficial, and so when you do that, it it really helps with not having complications and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll never. Yes. Have to listen let's to hope. It. Let's yes. hope. Well, you know, you talk about not having any guarantees, you know, and I think that obviously there is a guarantee and that is that one day our marriages will end. For sure. We just don't know how or when. Yeah. Right. But at some point it will. Everything that has a beginning has an ending. Right. And, you know, if you are not putting that care and what was the other word? Care and feeding. Care and feeding into (laughs) the relationship. It's, you know, obviously not thriving and we're not really enjoying the moment and all the moments together that we can. What advice would you guys give to someone who is either contemplating leaving a marriage or blending a family? What kind of advice would you guys give to them? Well, I will, I will uh, say when it comes to blending the family, I think trying to have as, you know, traditionally normal, a family life as possible is important for, for us. I think, you know, taking the time to make sure the kids were together as opposed to just spending a lot of, you know, me spending time with my kids, her spending time with her child, you know, bringing them together. We went back to basics. I mean, we'd have family game night. I mean, you know, not that we were trying to be Ozzy and Harriet or whatever, leave it to Beaver, but just keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it really simple. Sit around the campfire. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and talk. And also one of our, remember, our, I don't know if it was family meetings or whatever. We used to have one of those flip charts mm-hmm. and whatever the topic was. I, mean, I think the girls came down to like, she borrowed my stuff and that was mine and mine, mine, mine. And so, you know, we kind of listened to everybody had like held, you know, 
forum and had everybody put their grievances and okay, well, here's, this is going to be our family rules and these are, we respect each other's things and you don't take something without asking. I mean, just basic, basic, but we don't do that anymore. We're so sophisticated now with all our technology. Nobody takes Jimmy's stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing about having a boy, one boy. Yeah. But, you know, it it just kind of, we took, I would say, you know, it's about respecting the other's parenting style. I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast on parenting styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had some do you, different Do you know the statistics? Styles. I think it's 62% of children today do not live with both biological parents. Yeah. I believe so that. So you guys are normal. <laughs> this is right. the new tradition. Right. And, right. and navigating all of that. Well, more and more, and you hear from the kids when you talk to your kids and you hear about other families, it's, oh, yeah, you know, Johnny's divorced, parents mm-hmm. are divorced, and so-and-so's parents are divorced. Oh, and he's living with his aunt. You know, it's like there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, uh, non-traditional situations out there, and you think, wow, you know. But, we, but now this is the norm. Right, yeah. the norm. The blended yeah. family actually is the leading family structure mm-hmm. in the United States. Which is, yeah, surprising. And I think, but, I think the key for it too is, I think it's the kids feel respected and heard, but whether they're his or yours or ours, it's still respect of the of the parents of mm-hmm. the adults that are yeah. in that household. I mean, obviously you have to be age appropriate, you know. Mm-hmm. But for us, you know, I think I've seen uh, we fell into traps with you feel the guilt or you don't see them that much. And so you're going to let them get away with a lot more than if they were in your house 24 seven. Yeah. And that, that's natural, right? I mean, I think you, you know, when we, we experienced it, of course, with my daughters, you know, where they would come over for short periods of time. Do you make them do chores the whole time they're there? Right. Do you, you know, do yeah. you, it's, it's right. that eternal struggle of how but yet, much. Yeah. Zoe gets to be the maid cause she's here 24 seven and she has to pick up everything, but we don't expect them to pick up when they're here, you know? Right. So, of the balance. Yeah. Balancing those act. are hard things to navigate. So, mm-hmm. you know, you impose some, you know, rules on the short stay people. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's a balancing act. It's tough. It was yeah. not easy. I'll tell you that, you know, going to pick up, yeah. I drive an, you know, half hour each way to go get my daughters just to bring them back for a meal for literally two hours sometimes or an hour and a half. But, you know, at first it was like, you know, I have to do this drive, but then, over years, you think all the time I had in the car to, to have conversations with them till damn smartphones came. Right. <laughs> but I think to take a step back and just what would I tell, we would tell new families blending or thinking about blending is have, sit down and talk with your significant other about what kind of family unit are you building here? What, what are you going to look back on in 20 years and go, it was good. Mm-hmm. We did good. And really plan it out like you would to build an addition to your house, you know, a physical addition to your house. Think about it and talk about it. So the planning of the care and the feeding. I think so. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you don't just go garden, right? You plan right. it out. Right? Right. I'm going to put, you know, this here, that there. And, and it's the same thing. Even though, you know, you may not agree, you can keep those disagreements, you know, outside of, you know, the children's view, Right. And then you appear to be a united front in front of the kids. It's just hard. It's hard. It is hard sometimes. And and the disagreements are happening before the event. 90% of them 
Yes. Yeah. You want to get as many out of the way as possible. You're going to have those, right? right? But, you know, at the end of the day, you talk it through and you have, uh, you get on the same page as much as possible. We would almost, I do you remember like we'd recap, like the girls would go home or people and, and after a weekend and be like, okay, wait a minute. This part went okay, but boy, this was a disaster. Like, what, what, what did you mean when you did that? And what, so you're you like know? processing afterwards. Yeah, we did. Right? Yeah, so you can improve. Yeah, right. Process improvement. So what you're talking about is creating a common vision, right, and then actually executing it, and then afterwards, kind of talking about briefing. Yeah, debriefing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds very much like you know what you would do in business. Yes, it does. <laughs> and sometimes you're up for it more than others. Sometimes you're, but I think at the end of the day, if we're going back to care and feeding, you can wing it, and your garden might be just fine. Right. Pretty haphazard. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Jean's garden? <laughs> no, not this, not this year. <laughs> so far. That's an off year. We, yeah. we get it. But, you know, I think, you know, and not that we planned every single thing. I don't, I don't right. want to, I'm not trying to be but Pollyanna. You did, you did spend a great amount of effort and time yeah. to try to have a direction and not just wing it. And the biggest compliment I can remember very poignantly, we traveled with the kids for the first time overseas and Jimmy was a, toddler and the girls, you know, are a little bit older and we had a long layover and they're playing some game, invented game that they made up. And I don't even know what it was. And another woman was watching us, watching us, watching us. And she came up and she just said, may I just say, you have a beautiful family. And whether she knew we were yours, mine and ours, (laughs) I don't know. But for me, just an outsider, stranger looking in, that just was such validation. Yeah, I remember that. That was, yeah, we were in Germany. Super cool. We were in Germany. Mm-hmm. So what is it that your partner does that you know they love you? He's a really good cook. <laughs> <laughs> Food equals love. <laughs> I agree. Nurture. Yeah. You know, it's we talked about the little things, you know, just, oh, yeah, I picked up that whatever for you that, you mentioned, I don't know, the raspberries and the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And for her, it's when we, uh, I know when she like, we're watching TV, Netflix or whatever on the couch and she just snuggles up, you know, and she's close, right? That feel, you feel that closeness and it's, you know, cause she could just lay on the other side of the couch, be far away. Right. But yeah. you know, it's when she like, you know, snuggles up and feels that sense of you you feel that sense of connection like okay she loves me well i told him just the other day i said i, I want you to know you because knowing we were coming here and i don't know i was randomly thinking about all kinds of things i said i still do get excited unless we're having an argument but i do get excited when i hear his car come up the drive i still get that feeling oh dad's home he's home yay you know i, I just do this is the mercedes no. Oh, okay. It's BMW now. That was another health issue, but I can't. No. Perfectly fine. Well, Bob and Deb, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been quite a joy for us. Thank you. For thank you for us. having us. Yeah. Fun. Good you know, time. human beings have been sharing stories for thousands of years to bond, to heal, and to grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. 
Thank you. I hope so too. Yeah. For all you listening out there, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And please feel free to leave a review, subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs>